Hello and welcome back to a podcast about murder. I'm Freya and as usual I'm here with my good friend Jem to get on with some morbid chats as we are wont <laughs> to do. Um, how are you doing today Jem? Pretty good. Looking forward to this case because I don't know much about it so should be interesting. Definitely. I can hear birds in the background, so I mean that's one of the nicer background sounds to have. But I can hear on them. your end or mine. I don't think. I, no, I think they're mine. I think they're my birds. <laughs> but um, yeah, apologies if that's irritating. Today's a bit different than usual in a way because normally we talk about murder, obviously, but we have branched out before and we have done already this season to talk about cases where murder wasn't necessarily proven mysteries we did the Easdale woman we've done the disappearances of Goodmunder Anison and mm. Gerford Anison and we also did this season we did the lighthouse uh, the Flannan lighthouse thing so this time we're going to talk about a celebrity death that remains confusing and mysterious and has left questions unanswered for years 12 years now this is the case of Brittany Murphy, the actress perhaps best known for her roles in Clueless, Happy Feet and Eight Mile, known with love to me as the voice of Luann in King of the Hill, and of course lots of other work. She died at just 32 years old in 2009 and left the world to wonder what had happened to take the life of such a young, seemingly healthy person. I vaguely remember her death in 2009, but I actually didn't become too familiar with her work truly familiar with it until like a few years later mm. so at the time I just thought oh she was young that's strange but I didn't really get too invested in the story but later when I read about the circumstances surrounding her death and the aftermath of it it definitely puzzled and intri intrigued me and I think there's a reasonable argument for suspicion at least some suspicion okay. but of course there's also the very compelling and understandable argument that this is a natural death and why the hell would we be talking about it on a murder <laughs> podcast? And I totally get that. But because it's our podcast and I can do what I want, <laughs> we're going to look into this anyway and see what you think. And our audience can make up their own minds whether there's something afoot here or nothing. Yeah, I think this season especially, we've done quite a few cases where it's kind of like ambiguous. The circumstances surrounding the deaths or disappearances of victims are kind of ambiguous. Yeah. So seems to fit with this season at least so Brittany Murphy for those who aren't familiar was an American actor as I said that many people may know already maybe from the work I mentioned earlier or something else but I think it's fair to say she was a well-known name during her life mm. a bit about Brittany's early life she was born Brittany Ann Bertolotti on November 10th 1977 in Atlanta capital of the state of Georgia USA her parents, mother Sharon Kathleen Murphy and father Angela Joseph Bertolotti, soon divorced and Sharon moved herself and her daughter to the town of Edison in New Jersey. Brittany would use her mother's name, Murphy, in later life rather than her father's name, which was given to her at birth, as he wasn't really a present figure in her life. Sharon Murphy was supportive and encouraging of young Britney's creative spirit and dreams of a career in acting. She was so supportive that in 1991, when Britney was 14 and just about to start high school, Sharon agreed to move across the country to LA, where Britney believed more opportunities in acting would be available to her. Up until that time, Sharon had been enrolling Britney in dance and theatre school and training ever since she was just four years old. Hmm. While it could be argued that this is a lot of pressure for a young child, people who knew Sharon and Brittany during her very early steps in the acting world would say that Sharon didn't push Brittany at all and that the young Brittany was extremely self-motivated, driven by passion and drive to find success and that this was coming from within her rather than her mum pushing her mm. to succeed. In fact... <laughs> that she was pushing her mom to help her. <laughs> That's what many people would say, but obviously there's always a worry there when you hear about a kid starting in these kinds of industries so young. Yeah, I think that's it's so hard to know where that impulse is coming from. But if it is really a case of like her just being super interested and her mom being incredibly supportive, that's really cool. 
Eagerly introducing herself to producers at auditions with her headshots in hand, Brittany displayed a winning confidence and wit, but also a soft and gentle character with sweetness and a slight naivety that added to her charm. Brittany landed several small roles as a teenager in television series, but her breakthrough role came when she was cast in the hit teen film Clueless at the age of 18. She played the character Ty Frazier. The success of Clueless opened up more film roles for Brittany, including a part in the award-winning Girl Interrupted, opposite Angelina Jolie and Winona Ryder, and 8 Mile alongside Eminem. In 1997, she became the voice of Luanne Platter, as well as Joseph Gribble in the animated series King of the Hill, working on the show until its conclusion in 2009. Throughout all this success starting so, starting so early on in her life, she was praised by critics and audiences for her acting and comedic abilities. On top of that, she was a talented singer as well, which I remember demonstrated in Happy Feet. She, mm-hmm. has, she had a really lovely voice. So a very talented person with lots of accomplishments early in her life. And I think seen early on as having potential to continue that trajectory for sure. Mm. But over the course of the early 2000s, fans and media began to question Britney's significant weight loss and changing appearance. Rumours of drug addiction were sparked, though strenuously denied by Britney. Sadly, she became a target for celebrity gossip bottom feeders like Perez Hilton, who derided her as a loopy, pill-popping, fading starlet. Britney had few relationships in the public eye, but had dated actor Ashton Kutcher, followed by two brief engagements to non-famous people before (laughs) non-famous before abruptly marrying simon monjack after a short relationship in may of 2007 those who knew britney attest to her longing to settle down with someone secure to marry and have children simon who was several years older than britney and appeared to have stability in his own wealth and career seemed ideal simon was also not famous Just some random pleb like you or I. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. <laughs> he was a screenwriter and director from England, but not a well-known one. Nobody knew much about him before he married Brittany Murphy. Mm. Brittany adopted his name onto hers, becoming Brittany Monjack Murphy. And after the intense whirlwind romance and sudden marriage, she and Simon began living together in West Hollywood with Brittany's mother, Sharon. Hmm. How much older was On- he, did you say? Um, several years, like she was in her 20s and he was in his sort of late 30s. Okay, so it's not... I mean, so it's not like they're they're both adults well within sort of consenting boundaries. But I think the idea is that he's, he appears stable to her. He appears Mm -hmm. like an older man with his life together, kind of thing like that. On the Sunday morning of December 20th, 2009, Brittany Murphy collapsed in a bathroom at her house. At first, Sharon and Simon moved the unconscious Brittany to a cold shower to attempt to wake her up. When this didn't work, Sharon called 911. Simon performed CPR under instruction from the dispatcher on the line while they waited for help to come. Unfortunately, no one, including paramedics, was able to resuscitate Brittany. After being taken to a nearby medical centre, she was pronounced dead at 10.04am. The immediate physical cause of death was cardiac arrest. She was 32 years old. Hmm. The following day, an autopsy was performed, since the death in such a young person was, of course, unusual. The Los Angeles County Coroner's Office reported the cause of death as pneumonia, complicated by iron deficiency anemia and drug intoxication. The drugs found in Britney's system were all legal. They included nasal decongestants, antihistamines, fever and pain medication, and cough suppressants. On top of these, Britney was taking antidepressants and had also taken a tranquilizing or anti-seizure medication called clonopin. It was thought that... The side effects and interactions from these medicines could have contributed to her succumbing to pneumonia, which is sort Mm. of ironic because ostensibly these were medicines that Brittany was taking to relieve the symptoms of such Mm. an illness. All this information led a Los Angeles coroner to tell the press that the death was natural causes. Brittany's family released a statement including the words, A bright light that lit the world is forever dimmed, but will live on in the hearts of those that Brittany touched. Brittany was an incredibly loving and passionate person and an artist to her core. A couple of months after Brittany's death, on February 4th, 2010, 
the coroner's report received an update and clarified that Brittany had died of, quote, community-acquired pneumonia and that prescription drugs and anemia had played a role, as previously stated. Community-acquired pneumonia basically just means any pneumonia you developed outside of hospital. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's just a blanket term for getting pneumonia, but it had nothing to do with you being in hospital already. Okay, so there's no... That's just how they differentiate There's no... There's no underlying factor that would have caused pneumonia. Is that it? Or is it just... It just means you got pneumonia, however you got it, okay. not in the hospital. And I think that's just how they differentiate between... Because it's quite common for patients mm-hmm. in hospital to get pneumonia. Okay. From something like MRSA and stuff like that, Okay. if I'm not mistaken. So I guess it's just how they... I don't know why they... But I just wanted to explain that term yeah. because it is kind of an odd thing. The cause of pneumonia, which is sort of a blanket term for lung infection, can be from a virus, it can be bacteria, and it can even be caused by fungus. So just anything that might get in your lungs and cause an infection. Mm. And um, you've had it and it's not fun. No, it's not. (laughs) For many people, the coroner's reports raised more questions than they answered. Many just didn't believe that such a young person could have their life cut short in this way. As more details of Britney's private life were revealed in the wake of her death, the mystery grew and media speculation ran wild, as did the imaginations of countless true crime enthusiasts and armchair detectives. A.K.A. us. (laughs) Also known as me and you. (laughs) Six weeks before her death in November 2009, Britney went to Puerto Rico Mm. to film a low-budget movie called The Caller the latest in a string of less-than-desirable projects that she'd been taking roles in. She brought her housemates, that is her mother Sharon and husband Simon, with her on this trip. Unfortunately, the filming job fell through. Although the exact details aren't known, it's thought that aggressive and drunken behaviour from Simon on set led to Britney being fired. Oh. The incident happened on the very first day of filming, so instead of wasting the rest of the stay in Puerto Rico, the three decided to make a holiday out of the trip. Mm. During this holiday, both Sharon and Simon developed staph infections. A staph infection caused by the Staphylococcus bacteria can present with symptoms similar to a cold. It's usually a very mild thing that will go away on its own or with antibiotics. Mm. Sometimes it can cause like a little skin rash and stuff like that but it's it's not ever really seen as a as a serious illness Mm. but it can be very serious in some cases causing other symptoms of infection in a person such as fever and if it does spread inside of your body it can be life-threatening but it again it's that's not common it can depend on the kind of strain of staphylococcus Mm. that you pick up and your prior health history of course and things like that Both Britney's mum and Simon were dealing with health issues, but we'll get into that in a bit. As the trio fly home from Puerto Rico, Simon suffers what he describes as a mild heart attack. Whatever happened to him was enough for Britney to feel that she needed to administer CPR on the plane. Simon seemingly recovers from this incident and they go home, where Britney also develops the staph infection herself. Hmm. Staphylococcus aureus is said to be the strain that she had and although this is a really normal bacteria to have it just sits on your body and even inside your body without causing any problems if it does cause an infection it's one of the most serious ones you can get okay it wiped Brittany out and it caused her to develop the anemia she died with and a throat infection okay. and i guess potentially this pneumonia yeah was linked to that yeah either i guess because you're so run down that your body is more vulnerable to yeah these kind of things right Brittany was used to illness and to self-medicating a car accident had left her with chronic pain according to sharon and simon that meant treating herself with prescription drugs was a normal part of her life unfortunately Presumably, as Brittany soldiered on through a serious infection for the last six weeks of her life without seeking a doctor, she was self-medicating, believing she could deal with the illness at home. Mm. She likely didn't know she was developing pneumonia, and perhaps she thought she would treat the symptoms she was experiencing with these medicines, these decongestions, antihistamines, antifever medication, and get better eventually. 
But when things hadn't improved after six weeks, Brittany did seek medical help. She actually made a call on Friday, December 18th and booked an appointment for the coming Monday. And then tragically didn't make it to that appointment because she died on the Sunday. That's such a shame that it's like... I also wonder if you're someone who's living with chronic pain, it must be hard at times to gauge how serious something is. Like to the right, to, yeah, I hadn't thought of it like to the that. point where you would require medical intervention or something. Yeah, but it's a shame that she's also, you know, that she's either so that she's so used to managing these things on her own that she doesn't even think to seek help hmm. earlier. As it turned out, Brittany had been struggling mentally in the lead up to her death, as well as dealing with illness. According to family friends, after six years, she had grown to dislike her home in Hollywood. Besides wanting to leave LA, she seemed to have a problem with the mansion itself, frequently wanting to stay in hotels instead, and mm. saying the only room she enjoyed being in was her bathroom. Okay. She felt the house was unlucky. Brittany was plagued by negative thoughts about her career and her appearance, which weighed heavily on her. She wanted to move to New York City for a fresh start, where she hoped to find more work in respectable independent films, instead of the low-budget straight-to-video films she was reluctantly taking roles in as her once promising career seemed destined to fizzle out. On top of all this, Brittany was dealing with the health problems of her housemates as well as herself. Her mum, Sharon, had survived breast cancer, but the cancer had left her with neuropathy, a condition that affects the nerves and causes weakness, pain and numbness. Simon had a leaking heart valve that would require a triple bypass surgery, although he was never able to have it. He had res- he had respiratory issues and sleep apnea, for which he used an oxygen machine at night. He also suffered from frightening seizures that had started after a fall he'd had two years previously. The seizures were intense, requiring Brittany to restrain Simon and hold his tongue down with a spoon to keep him from choking. Oh, God. Caring for her mother and husband added to Brittany's exhaustion in her final weeks and days as she battled her own illness. Okay, so that also explains why he would have suffered some kind of mini heart attack or whatever it was right. on the so, plane. Yes, uh, potentially, wh- whether it was like just a severe, mm. you know, panic attack and chest pain mm. caused by maybe the staph infection. Mm. I don't know. On May 23rd, 2010, just months after Britney's death, her husband Simon died in the bedroom of the same house, still lived in by himself and Britney's mother. He was 40 years old. He also died of pneumonia complicated by anemia. Obviously, this was a very strange coincidence and the theories began to fly immediately about the reclusive couple's similar deaths. And I can see your face go as well. Yeah, it's strange that given that your wife has recently passed due to similar symptoms, you wouldn't go and get yourself checked out, I would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, if she died of these symptoms, exactly. And mm. he would have had these same symptoms. Yeah. So it's strange. If Simon hadn't murdered Brittany, as some had begun to believe, mm. had they both been murdered? Had they both been hypochondriacs or drug addicts falling victim to the same deadly cocktail caused by self-medication? Mm. Brittany's mum, Sharon, welcomed an early autopsy report saying, it is with great relief that Simon's preliminary autopsy findings have been released so the media speculation can stop. As I was sure of, just like my daughter Brittany, there was no kind of drug overdose. The autopsy report I read noted Simon's health issues, including nine bouts of pneumonia the year he died. Jesus. And the fact that despite his ailing health, he had refused to seek medical attention, just as Brittany had, as you said. Well, I guess this is the thing. If you're so, like, if you've already had pneumonia eight times in the past year, maybe you're just like, you know, I can do something. <laughs> well, you should definitely do something. But maybe you are in the mentality where you're like, well, I've already survived this eight times. Like, why would it's I? It's like nothing. Yeah. yeah. But obviously you should seek medical help if you're undergoing anything uh, like yeah this. just to state for the audience pneumonia is a medical emergency yeah like it's not it's no jo- in most scenarios it's no joke it's not like, like a cold. even if you're a young yeah if you're a young healthy person go to the doctor if you suspect you have pneumonia because it's not something you're supposed to deal with on your own no it's not like oh i have a really bad cold or even i have bronchitis no no it's definitely something that requires some kind of intervention yeah. for sure yeah The autopsy report also included a description of the scene where Simon died. 
noting copious amounts of prescription medications, including some written for fake names. Mm. Simon's cause of death was written as community-acquired pneumonia, same as Brittany, with his heart issues noted as a contributing factor. While toxicology showed Simon had multiple prescription drugs in his system, these were deemed within suitable levels and not a contributing factor to the death in Simon's case. Okay. As years passed, Simon and Brittany's mysterious deaths and the theories surrounding them continued to simmer. In November 2013, Brittany's father, Angelo Bertolotti, threw fuel on the fire when he declared on Good Morning America that he believed Brittany and her husband had been murdered by intentional poisoning. He embarked on a fresh investigation of his own, ordering new toxicology on his daughter's body. He claimed that while he at first believed Simon was responsible for Brittany's death, he now believed they had both been murdered and that he suspected multiple people from within the family. So now that we've gone through some of the main events of what happened before and after Brittany's death, I'll lay out some of the main theories about what may have happened We'll take them from the sort of most normal <laughs> and mundane explanations to the more, shall we say, unconventional theories. All right. Theory one, drug intoxication and underlying illness. So first off, the mundane. We sort of covered it, but basically this would just mean accepting that Brittany died because of a perfect storm of a serious staphylococcus infection, anemia, an accidental cocktail of drugs that was probably not intentional and then add on top of that the stress she was under and her mental health. Mm. You've got a person who's in a very weakened state overall. So despite having youth on her side, she's still in a position to succumb to an illness mm. that rarely kills young people. So bacterial pneumonia. Yeah. And that is definitely possible. And I could accept that. A lot of people don't see it, but it does happen. And... You're a person who's experienced bacterial pneumonia, so you know that it's something that's very serious, can bring a young person like yourself yeah. to, you know, hospital mm. in desperate need of care, basically. Yeah, so it's no joke. Someone who's already in a weakened state and also is not in the habit of getting medical advice from like a medical professional, it seems. Yeah. I think you are sort of, there is a risk of just taking things that aren't compatible and it all kind of right. you know just weakens your system to the point that you succumb to something that normally doesn't have this kind of impact on your body right exactly anyway that's the sort of accepted baseline theory for britney's death that's what her death records will say and so on as to what led to that kind of death and how it could have been avoided there's definitely a little bit more to say on that what is indisputable, no matter what, is that Brittany was on a cocktail of drugs that should not really make their way into one person. Yeah. Very large amounts of these prescription drugs were recovered from Brittany's home during the investigation after her death. I found an article where a doctor ran through some of these medications and she said that many of these medicines should never be prescribed together. And... Mm. any of several interactions would be sufficient to kill a person in the right conditions. Yeah. So how did Brittany end up with all these medicines at the same time and in such quantities? That's a good point. Like who isn't checking their up job. on how? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's said that Brittany and Simon were known for what's called doctor shopping, getting mm. various prescriptions from a series of different doctors. Eddie Bubar, a pharmacist whose shop the couple frequented in West LA, had apparently called them out and he actually refused to sell them any more medications because he was worried that they were over-medicating themselves and that it could be dangerous. Brittany even used aliases to acquire prescriptions, possibly due to her paranoia over her public image. And as we mentioned earlier, Simon had used fake names on some of his prescriptions as well. Off the back of this, we could change gears slightly. And we could suggest that even though these medications were technically legal, Brittany was still a drug addict. Mm. Simon and Sharon insisted that Brittany had been diagnosed with a heart murmur in her early teens and would never do illegal drugs like cocaine, which is something she was accused in the press mm. of being addicted to. But there was no question that Brittany took a lot of legal prescription drugs regularly. As we already mentioned, starting with the pain medication she took for ongoing issues from her car accident. And just because these medications are legal, it doesn't mean you can't be a drug addict as a result. No, completely. And especially in the States, there's such a huge problem with prescription medication being it, exactly, exactly incredibly addictive. 
mm. if not monitored properly. Britney's family denied that she'd become addicted to anything specific, but they accepted that she had become reliant on medication. She had noticeably lost a lot of weight in the run-up to her death and frequently appeared disoriented and spaced out in public, which had helped fuel the rumours of drug addiction. Mm. Finally, in the natural death column, we've got to add in a little footnote for Simon's death. You've got Simon's death coming later, a coincidence in this theory. Um, so he's a guy with a series of health issues. He's also into self-medicating with a bunch of random pills. So it could be that's all it is. You know, she's mm. died of this perfect storm of different things. And he's gone as well <laughs> from the same sort of scenario. But it's just a freak coincidence and mm. strange. But that's all there is to it. <clears throat> the, uh, the thing is, it's not, it's weird, but it's not, mm. like, it's definitely possible because sure. they both had these underlying health issues and are clearly quite mm. both sort of feed into this idea of self-medication and mm. mixing all these drugs that shouldn't be mixed. So yeah, definitely possible. Moving into theory number two, Simon murdered Brittany. So next we're looking at a potential for a murder or murders. Starting with Brittany's husband, Simon, as they say, it's always the husband. And it turned out that Simon did have a lot to hide. In the weeks following Britney's death, Simon put pressure on a family friend named Alex Ben Block to write a book about her death. What he wanted was emphasis on what he believed before the autopsy report, which was that Britney died of the stress and strain put on her by her treatment in Hollywood. He claimed that she had died of a broken heart as a result of the media and people in the industry who were out to destroy her career. Simon insisted that Hollywood had killed Britney, chewing her up and spitting her out. This could just be a person who felt their partner had been treated very unfairly, which contributed to their death, and he wanted that to be put out there publicly. That's something I could definitely understand. But you could mm. also read this as misdirection, someone trying to control the narrative and avoid blame themselves. Yeah. And as we'll go into, it seems as though the accusations Simon was leveling at Hollywood were just as fairly applied to himself. And maybe it was Simon who had chewed up Britney and spat her out, using mm. and abusing her trusting nature and leaving her a shell of herself. According to Alex Block, he later realized, quote, much of what Simon told me about his family, education, marriage and career was exaggerated or simply fabricated. And this sentiment has been echoed by countless people. Alex Block would go on to write an article for The Hollywood Reporter on Britney's life, her death, and some of the strange circumstances surrounding it, in which he touched on Simon's strange and deceitful activities, both before and after he met Britney. Simon's own mother confirmed that her son seemed to struggle with blurring the lines between fact and fiction. She believed Simon's health issues were largely caused by Munchausen syndrome, rooted in the death mm. of his father from cancer. She maintains that her son was actually delusional rather than a malignant liar. But having read and heard the stories recounted by so many people who met on New Simon and those who witnessed his relationship with Britney, that's hard for me to agree with. You think it's more... I think it's malicious, not, mm. oh, I'm deluded. I don't know, I'm, I don't know mm. what's true and what's not true. Okay. Munchausen syndrome, if you don't know, is, uh, I mean, I know you know, but in case other people don't know, is <laughs> where you are causing your own illness by some people do this by taking certain medications or, you know, things like that and fake an illness. And that can, it can be that a person is doing that but isn't quite aware they're doing That's it. That's what I was going to ask. Sense. Is it always that they're, is the person aware of what they're doing or can it be completely unintentional? Sometimes. It's one of those tricky mental health things where the person is consciously doing these things, but they really do believe that they're mm. ill as well. Okay. So it's it's just a it's a complicated illness. In most in in most cases, it's that though. They're kind of doing it for. It sounds mean to say they're doing it for attention because I think that misconstrues what it what it is. But do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. In in most cases, people are sort of deluded when they have Munchausen's syndrome. Yeah, it's not they a clear case of they like... They believe they're ill. Yeah. yeah. Because I suppose if you were just going to pretend you were sick, you wouldn't necessarily have to actually medicate. 
You know what I mean? Like, yes. If you're just going right, to lie exactly. about it. Uh-huh. And then there's Munchausen's by proxy, which is where you're sickening someone else. Mm. Um, for similar reasons. On purpose. But also has a sort of delusion-based mm. reasoning. Anyway, for years, Simon had been seriously manipulating and deceiving others around him, lying about his wealth and assets in an attempt to control and use other people. He claimed to be a billionaire, to have large, valuable art collections, and to have survived cancer using miracle treatments made with shark cartilage. Right, okay. <laughs> your face. You <laughs> <laughs> laugh. <laughs> I can only see, like, the top half of your face but from behind the microphone. <laughs> and it's just, like, <laughs> frowny face. <laughs> he told tall tales about the success of his films in England, when in reality they were not well received. Brittany had no idea of his history, which included writing bad checks, leaving an ex saddled with piles of unpaid rent on an old apartment, and not one but two secret children. Oh, okay. Simon had failed to disclose to Brittany that he was not only not a billionaire, but he was struggling financially when they met. And in the midst, and he was in the, at the midst of an expensive legal battle with a producer. Mm. Britney's friends and those she worked with describe a scenario that sounds typical of someone gradually falling under the control of an abuser. Simon began separating Britney from her family and friends with his lies and fantasies. He claimed that people were out to get him and them as a couple and mm. used Britney's anxieties to deepen his control over her. Britney eventually fired her entire management team with Simon assuming all roles as her agent and manager. Oh. He exerted a big influence on her physical appearance, schedule and how she dressed. He encouraged her to lose weight, get plastic surgery, and change her hair, saying it would further her career. Okay. We've really, like, taken a turn into some... <laughs> yeah, we've uncovered quite a bit of stuff beneath the surface here. The relationship moved fast, and they married after just months together. Except for Sharon, who lived with them, Simon and Brittany lived a completely isolated and reclusive life. When Brittany was seen, she appeared increasingly unstable, she spent little time without Simon, and although her personality still shone through when she was alone, she would become quiet and despondent when Simon was around, which I think is just classic and key mm. kind of uh, thing with abusive relationships that you notice that that person isn't really themselves when the other person is around and yeah. is sort of becoming a, sh a shell of themselves. Simon's excessive involvement in Britney's work as he pushed her to become the picture-perfect Hollywood star began to backfire as it became difficult to work with Simon's constant controlling behaviour. Um, so people who were trying to cast Britney in films and, you know, things like that would be like, we can't use Britney Murphy because her this husband's impossible. Job. He's yeah. involving himself and Which making also, all these okay. demands. I didn't understand why he was on set in Puerto Rico exactly or why yes. that had an impact on her job as just someone's partner I don't know like you'd have to do something pretty bad for that person to be kicked off a film yes but as yeah. their manager and agent or whatever else he is yeah then you don't want to be yeah. involved necessarily yeah so I mean apparently there was a scenario where she was supposed to do like a sex scene with someone or it, I don't even think it was sex, like, you know, it wasn't like mm. a full-on sex scene. It was, like, implied. It's, it's a very normal scene to do yeah. where you kind of, you start kissing and then the rest is implied kind of thing. Yeah. Like a little bit of maybe taking clothes off or stuff like that. And I, I remember that this director just talking about how they, ha they had to replace her because it was so, so difficult to shoot a scene oh, like God. that with Simon's incredibly jealous nature just standing he would be like actually they can't kiss and they're like okay well this is the role <laughs> this is yeah. the, like this doesn't make any sense so so Simon was a narcissist maybe even a sociopath and he was likely emotionally abusive but could he have been a killer I think it's obvious that the theoretical cause of death in a murder scenario whoever the suspect is is long-term poisoning Mm. It fits with Brittany's slow degradation into illness, mm -hmm. and it's something that the autopsy could have missed. That does happen. Although, uh, or I thought maybe the method of poisoning could have been get, getting Brittany to consume increasing amounts of prescription medications, maybe even crushing them up and adding them to food, mm -hmm. because these things would then come up on the autopsy. No one would necessarily think anything of it. 
Yeah. I don't know. You'd I... see the autopsy report fitting with the accidental overdose on legal medications. And of mm. course, with long-term poisoning, you're looking at the people who live with the victim as your suspects. Yeah. And the fact, the fact that like, because she hasn't necessarily been followed by a single doctor for a while, mm. a lot of the background about her medical history is coming from exactly her mother and partner so yes yeah and there may and there's no one following this progression mm. of this illness after britney's death simon suspiciously objected to her autopsy mm. saying he didn't want her being violated he then objected on religious grounds saying it went against jewish law and he was ethnically jewish as far as i understand they did have a jewish wedding ceremony but okay. it wasn't as far as i understand it although Brittany had this uh, had a jewish ceremony when marrying him i don't think it was like part of their life if it weren't for the fact that he was like a controlling abusive weirdo i would say you know in circumstances like this yes. your faith can manifest itself you know suddenly or you just have a weird yeah, reaction yeah. to things but the fact that he is kind of controlling and just kind of yeah. suspicious. <laughs> yeah. And this didn't work. The autopsy, of course, went ahead regardless as we know the results. Then, in keeping with his reputation for fraudulent behavior for self-gain, Simon set up a sketchy foundation that he called the Brittany Murphy Foundation. And it all seemed all it seemed to do was request large amounts of money from people. For no... For like, there was no specific goals. There were no specific okay. outcomes with this money. All it seemed to actively do. So it's was literally just profiting money. off her death, essentially. This didn't go down well publicly, and many did see this as proof that Simon was a con artist looking to profit from his wife's death if he wasn't involved in it. Mm. So yeah. He certainly seems motivated by money and having a desire for this lifestyle that he's constantly lying about. You know, he yeah. obviously wants desperately to be living this incredible billionaire life. Mm. Um, so perhaps Simon poisoned Brittany to get his hands on her money and assets. But then he dies too. Mm. Is it coincidental or are they both murdered? <laughs> this leads yeah. us to the only other person left alive in the house, Sharon. So theory three, Sharon or Sharon and Simon murdered Brittany. Hmm. The thing is, Brittany hadn't left anything to Simon, her husband. She had left oh. everything to her mother. And this is where suspicion turns to Sharon, who was quick to state that she accepted and was content with the autopsy reports of natural deaths in both cases. Hmm. When... Alex Block, the family friend we mentioned, wrote the story for The Hollywood Reporter about Britney. Sharon came out against it, objecting to the negative portrayal of Britney and Simon's private life, the accusations of doctor shopping, and any suggestion that there was anything about the deaths that was unexplained. That's strange. Because... It, it's strange for a parent, considering that when your young child dies, you would often be... Often you don't want to accept it as, like... Exactly. That's what I would think. You wouldn't be like, oh, that sounds okay. All right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that she was saying it's okay, but she seemed to many people to be too, too content with the explanation mm. that there was and not enough kind of let's explore this a bit more because this is a bit strange. Mm. Sharon refuted all questioning commentary and called for media speculation to stop. This could be seen as someone who genuinely believes the causes of death and just wants to be sort of left in peace to grieve. I can see that yeah, to an extent. Or it could be seen as suspicious, maybe too quick, like I said, to accept and not to want any more talk or investigation into these deaths that most people would say they do warrant more looking into, even if they are natural. Yeah. I, I mentioned Britney's dad earlier and his murder theory. It's important to state that Britney's father hadn't been in her life much, whereas her relationship with Sharon was very strong by all accounts. Sometimes you do see this absent parent of a famous person appears suddenly, you know, maybe they're after yeah. their 15 minutes in the spotlight, probably they're after some interview money. 
you know, that kind of thing. So mm. I don't discount that as a reason to regard Angelo with a grain of salt. But when he appeared on Good Morning America, he talked about the results of his independent investigation, a new toxicology report he had ordered and who he believed killed Brittany. He said that while he initially blamed Simon, he now believed multiple family members to be responsible for both deaths. According to him, the new toxicology report showed that there were 10 heavy metals in Brittany's system that mm. were detectable in samples of her hair. Angelo claimed this pointed to her being poisoned. He said, quote, I have a feeling that there was definitely a murder situation here. Yeah, it's poison. Hmm. In response to Angelo's claims, Sharon wrote an open letter for The Hollywood Reporter stating that hair samples are unreliable evidence, could have been left by Britney's use of hair dyes, an explanation that is accepted by experts, hmm. and that the claims were an insult to the memory of her daughter. Quote, she was my baby and we stood together throughout her life. Now I must stand up for her again, she wrote. It is time for those who really knew and loved her to put those who want to exploit her on notice. Your lies will no longer be tolerated and as long as I live will continue to be exposed. Sharon has never been named a suspect in any investigation, but many have deemed her behaviour to be questionable as well as Simon's. Assistant Chief Coroner Ed Winter, who oversaw the investigation, has said that he felt there was something off when he arrived on the scene when Brittany died. He thought Simon appeared to be under the influence. Both his and Sharon's behaviour was erratic and inconsistent, and mm -hmm. their story about the evening didn't add up to him. He wondered why they had wasted time putting Brittany in the shower, not administering CPR, and not calling 911 immediately. I was wondering when we were going to get back to this, because the shower thing seemed <laughs> super weird to me. Like it is a little bit odd because if I mean, their story is that she's not someone who typically takes illegal drugs. So presumably yes. you would find her collapsed and immediately think there's a medical reason for this. We should get doctors right. or, you know, call they call an ambulance. And if you are thinking, oh, maybe a bit of cold water could wake her up. You wouldn't bring wouldn't her to the, the shower. the first thought be to get like a cup rather than drag her whole body into the shower? Yeah get a bit of water in a cup and splash it on her face. I mean, that's what I do. I'd do if I was really thinking that maybe just someone needs a bit of a splashing. You know? Well, yeah, but like at the same time, I was like, okay, maybe you're a bit panicked. You're kind of like under the circumstances and being a bit stressed or whatever, you might react weirdly and just think that a shower's a good idea. But I do find it totally. strange. It, I, I find it very strange personally. After Brittany died, Sharon and Simon stayed living at the same house, and it has been claimed that they began sharing a bed. A journalist claims that Simon admitted this to her directly. Many uh. found a set of photographs that came out of Simon and Sharon after Brittany's death very creepy, saying the post photos looked like the two were a couple, maybe Brittany's grieving parents rather than a mother and son-in-law. I guess I'll put these pictures on the YouTube version, but um, apologies for the... Helicopter sounds, but I think we have to continue on anyway. I I don't know if you wanted to maybe look up. Yeah, let me look up these pictures. Oh, with his like hands on her shoulders. Yeah, and her yeah. head on his chest. It's a little oh. bit weird, right? Yeah, that is weirder than I thought it was going to be. It is a bit creepy. Up until that point, I was like, you know, they've lived together. You know, they live in the same house. People will just speculate weird shit like. I can understand that there's a certain bond from losing a person and whatever. Yeah. But this is a very peculiar photo shoot with like yeah. a, the one where he has his arms around her, especially. Very strange. Very mm. strange for me as well. According to some, it was the bed that Simon shared with Sharon that he was found dead in months later. I wanted to verify this, and it's really weird. I actually found Simon's autopsy report, and I read it. Oh. And there's a bit that I'll just read it directly, so you can tell me what you think this is implying. You know, this starts in the middle of the in the middle of a sentence, so just try and ignore that. That this is her side of the bed, and her is in quotation marks, and that all the prescription bottles and items on top of the nightstand belong to her. In looking at the prescription bottles in this drawer, the majority are prescribed to her, although I find a few to the decedent, that is Simon, mm. as well as to Brittany Murphy. Oh. So I think it's clear from the structure of that sentence that her is not Brittany. Because it ends the sentence with as well as to Brittany Murphy. The majority are prescribed to her, as the, dece the decedent, and Brittany Murphy. So who's her? And why does she have a side of the bed with Simon? I seems a little bit odd. In general, I'm just trying to think of like 
how you could interpret this any other way. Right. I don't know if like just for clarity's sake you need to say that you need to give the full name of the owner of the prescription. It's the as well as to mm. that bothers me. But it is it is an odd way to Yeah. So is her referring to Sharon? It's all very strange stuff. Mm. Uh, according to some, Sharon seemed to become submissive to Simon in his final months, much like how Brittany had appeared before her death. Was Simon exercising his talent for control and manipulation over her, keeping her close so he could continue to drain what remained of Brittany's estate via Sharon? Was Simon's death a coincidence, coming naturally after he and Sharon had disposed of Brittany in order to live off her estate? Was there even that much estate left considering Brittany's faltering career? Would it have been worth it? Mm. There are just so many questions and a bit of a tangled web there, but you can see there are lots of lines you could join up in different ways to make murder theories here and there involving these three roomies. Mm. Since the only real evidence of foul play is circumstantial at best, I'm not sure I can hop on board completely. However... There are interviews with Sharon and Simon out there, and I do find them extremely strange. Some of the things that are said are just too weird. For example, when Simon tries to explain why he didn't want an autopsy on Britney's body, he says it was because he didn't want to ruin her, quote, pristine body, curvy in all the right places. Oh, it's just a super weird way to talk about why you didn't want an autopsy on your dead wife. It is super weird, but bearing in mind this is the guy who didn't want her to, like... <laughs> he's married to an actress and he doesn't want her to act and kiss other men in an acting it's... scene. <laughs> like... <laughs> but you're talking about your wife's dead body and you're saying that it's pristine and curvy in all the right places. What is that? that Why is would so... you weird it is so weird like Ugh. both him and sharon seem like they're on something to me like they seem mm. really really off like they've been taking some kind of something or they're drinking a lot or something it's something's definitely wrong with them they mm. seem strange i'll talk about where you can see those clips a bit later but you could also just search youtube for their interviews and i'm sure they're on there i don't know what's going on <laughs> But it doesn't make them look good. It really doesn't. Maybe it's just all this medication that they're on. But anyway, Sharon no longer talks about Britney's death in public. Her strong and loving relationship with Britney throughout her life, which many have attested to, would mm. seem incongruous with her murdering her daughter. And I, I totally get that. I mean, it does seem to me that they had a really strong, loving bond. Mm. And so I don't want to come out and be like, Sharon killed her, because I don't necessarily believe that i'm personally not sure how i feel about it but there's definitely something quite strange the going on with them vibe of these three in this weird house is just like very off and i think yeah. it's probably largely due to the sort of weird cocktail of drugs and alcohol that they're on mm. so theory three here's a wild card murder theory Simon and Brittany were murdered by the government. Oh. The conspiracy theory states that Simon's paranoia and fantasies about someone out to get them was based on reality. He had installed cameras and phone scrambling devices in their home, believing they were being monitored and their calls were being tapped. In this theory, Brittany was targeted because of her connections to a filmmaker in Hollywood who had come out as a whistleblower. Now, a whistleblower for what? I wasn't sure, but... Okay. That's what it said. The only tangible link between Brittany and this person is that a letter was sent to her asking for her support. However, Brittany's publicist turned down the request. So I'm not sure if there's much to back that up. There's not really anything mm. connecting her to this whistleblower. And there's not really much on why the government would kill Simon and Brittany. <laughs> but that is I a theory. Th yeah. Theory four, toxic mold. Mm. This is one I'd heard going around at the time. This theory goes that there was toxic mold growing in Britney's mansion and long-term inhalation of the spores caused the deaths of Britney and then Simon. The deaths were then covered up as the property developers protected themselves. I liked this theory and I have done for years for two reasons. One, it nicely explains why Simon dies so close to Britney's death and his mm. death presents so similarly to hers with pneumonia and anemia, which can happen from infection from inhaling fungal spores hmm. two it's something you would see on an episode of house <laughs> you could only write it for a tv show 
that doesn't even try to be realistic. <laughs> I think that is morbidly a sort of cool explanation, I guess. It's the wrong word, but you know what I mean. People close to the case who had been inside the mansion have noted that there was a lot of black mold around. Oh. And the symptoms Brittany was experiencing can be linked to mold inhalation. Hmm. However, the coroner has said that you can usually see evidence of mold in the lungs if that kind of death has happened. And that was not found according to her. And I don't really believe that the property developers have enough influence over the county coroner to make her lie. I guess they could have paid her off is what some people think. But I don't know. I did like the theory, but it's harder for me to believe it knowing the coroner has said outright mm. we didn't find any evidence of spores in the bodies. Um, that does make it hard for me. But I, like I said, I've liked it as a theory for years because I... I find it helps wrap up why two people die in the same house. Yeah. Like that. However, interestingly, this theory is apparently what Sharon Murphy now believes. Since 2011, mm. she's actually been involved in legal disputes with the property developers, although as far as I know, they haven't come to anything. But has she done that to distract from her own potential involvement? After all, if mould were the cause of deaths of Brittany and Simon, it seems odd that someone older and more physically weakened, a cancer survivor like Sharon, would be perfectly fine living in the same house mm. and be the only person left alive. In any case, Sharon sold Brittany's mansion in 2011, around the time she embraced the mould theory, and in 2013, the property was torn down. There is a new build there now, so make mm. of that what you will. I see, like, I do think it could be a way of detracting from, like, or from removing suspicion. But then I also think, like, if you've sort of gotten away with it, as it were, why would you be, like, continuing to look into it and talk about it? Mm, I see. Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. This is a final theory, theory five ghosts did it i thought i'd end on a supernatural <laughs> theory britney's mansion used to belong to a different britney britney spears hmm. britney s believed the place was haunted herself and hmm. this lines up with britney m's bad feeling about the property where she describes it as unlucky says she doesn't like spending time there she wants to leave um she's only comfortable being in one room she's always wants to stay in hotels and Brittany S. also wanted to leave after mm. a terrifying experience where so-called bad spirits had tried to push her down a flight of stairs. Mm. She believed that a portal had been opened in the mansion by a Reiki practitioner who had visited to perform a healing energy treatment on her. So, mm. And this <laughs> would have let some kind of dark malicious into yeah. the house. Okay. So this experience so scared Britney Spears that she moved into a hotel and stayed there until she had sold the mansion. Hmm. So was Britney living in Britney Murphy living in this mansion before her marriage to Simon? Um that is an interesting question. I'm almost a hundred percent sure that she bought the mansion prior to their Okay. Wedding. Uh, I could be wrong, but I feel like that is what it was. Because I was also going to say the reason that you would feel, um, you know, if she is in an abusive, controlling relationship with this man, that would explain why she feels unsafe at home also. Yeah. yeah. So. And that could be like, and her saying it's just like bad energy things or whatever could just be her trying to rationalize, mm. you know, not rationalize in fact the opposite of rationalize but kind of you know explain away the bad feelings that she has that are actually from living with someone who's abusing her mm. i totally see that but it's interesting that two people have lived in this house and had similar similarly negative experiences negative experiences yeah. The night leading up to Britney's death was a very ominous one. It was a cold and windy night, and apparently the house was continuously losing power that night. There was mm. a blackout for 45 minutes around 3am, during which the family had to use torches to make their way around. So, did ghosts cause the blackouts in the mansion that night and somehow kill Britney? Dial up her illness, take her life force? Or was there a curse on the house, take, tanking Britney's career and then her life itself? So that's an overview of the main theories and some of the information that might support them. Like a lot of cases that we've done, you can probably talk in circles for hours about mm. this. There have been a few documentaries made about this case, I think, but one is What Happened Brittany Murphy, 
I think it might be the most comprehensive one. That's from HBO. It's a two-parter. Mm. They go through Britney's life and it has people who really knew her intimately talking about her as a person and talking about what happened. It's not just stuff about her death, but also her as a person and a performer, her experience in Hollywood, which had definitely had a negative impact on her as a young actor, and the prescription drug stuff as well. It goes into the theories and the online sort of armchair investigation that began among true crime enthusiasts. It seems pretty balanced in that it shows different viewpoints on what happened, but definitely Simon doesn't come out of it looking good, for sure. A lot of his weird lies are talked about, his secret kids he denied who look so much like him that your oh. eyes can basically be a paternity test. There's absolutely <laughs> no requirement. Like, I I just needed to see the pictures of those kids, to be perfectly honest with you. There's no reason to, to, to do any kind of... Not that you can now, obviously, but there's no reason to... To doubt that. To doubt that at all. He had a very specific look, let's just say. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty clear that even if he didn't kill anyone, he did latch on to people and drain them. And I personally believe that no matter whether he had the intention to or not, Simon led Brittany along the path to her death. Mm. And she probably would still be here if she hadn't gotten involved with him. I really believe that. And that's what a lot of people who knew her believe as well. He just seems like such a negative presence that yeah. there's no way that didn't have an impact, obviously, on her health yes uh, i found the documentary very interesting i would say that if you're interested in the case it's definitely worth a watch if you want to get some more of the details that maybe we weren't able to go into or just access something with more of a narrative than this sort of arse over tit jumble that i've assembled <laughs> here today <laughs> you can also hear things in the documentary for yourself like you can hear sharon's 911 call interviews with Sharon and Simon from after Britney's death, just more of the story from the perspective of people who actually worked on the case, like the assistant chief coroner Ed Winter, who I mentioned, mm. or people who knew the key players in the story. So that's my recommended watch for this case. Mm. But that's that for the mysterious case of Brittany Murphy. And what do you, after hearing all of these different things, what do you believe really did happen, if you have a clear theory? It's really hard to say. I find it hard to believe that the motive would be strong enough for murder in the strongest sense of the word. But I do believe that there are circumstances in the time, in the days and months leading up to her death where she is being influenced by people who maybe don't have her best interests at heart. Mm. And that has sort of uh, inf contributed to her declining health which was then yeah. the random cocktail of drugs and various illnesses led to her death. But I don't know. It's, there's a lot of weird things in this case. It's a lot of very strange things. I mean, and one of the things it just is that this in America, this thing that they've got with prescription drugs has just got to stop mm. at some point. It's so insane. It's, yeah, got to stop. And it's definitely worse if you're you've got money and fame to be able to sort of acquire whatever you need with even more freedom mm. but that's it it's certainly one that plays on the brain in my opinion after you read or yeah. hear about it the case ended up being way more sprawling than I thought it would be there was so much more little details out there than mm. I thought there were and a lot of information we don't even know if it's true or not so I really hope that this comes out coherent and that people are able to follow those details and sort of come up with a theory of their you know make up their minds about what they think but do let us know what you think happened to Brittany Murphy in the comments on YouTube or on our social media I would be interested to see what people think about this do you think Sharon and Simon seem suspicious are you into a good haunted mansion or do you think this is simply a freak accident where someone who was increasingly frail just succumbed to a blend of incidental circumstances yeah, I'd be curious to see what people think. It is a case that just sort of sticks with you, where you're just sort of yeah. left with a lot of unanswered questions, I think. It's definitely, the, the what you can say about it is even if you think it's natural, there is unanswered questions, I think. Mm. So don't forget to subscribe and that we are on social media. Follow us on Twitter at About Murder, Instagram at A Podcast About Murder, 
facebook.com slash a podcast about murder with no e and subscribe to our youtube channel search channels for a podcast about murder please do like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a fantastic rating of course (laughs) if you have any suggestions for the show we're always open to those as well you can even send us an email it's a podcast about murder at outlook.com we had a great response to the episodes that we've released so far so thanks for that and keep listening yeah <laughs> keep listening Not much. please I don't know. <laughs> please as always have a great weekend and see you next friday we'll be discussing an italian poisoner we're well, following this up with uh, a real poisoning that we know happened <laughs> <laughs> which is good okay bye, bye.